You're listening to The Lit Lounge, a podcast for readers and book lovers. Join us, a group of friends, English teachers and bookworms, as we chat about our love of all things literary and share our reading habits. Welcome back to the Lit Lounge. Yay! Um, we are very pleased to have a very special guest here today with us. Um, our special guest is Eleanor. Hi, Eleanor. Hello. And she is going to tell us all about her reading ha- habits, um, how she got into reading, and her favourite book and book series. Um, so, shall we? Shall we start off, Eleanor, with you telling us how you got into reading? Um, so I think my love for reading uh, stems from my grandfather. Uh, from a very young age, he uh, got me into reading. Uh, I remember when I was four and he bought the entire collection of the uh, Biff, Chip and Kipper adventures. Uh, and each evening we'd read one together. Uh, and I think that stuck with me. And along as the time went on, I would just read them independently. Mm-hmm. And I think my love for books grew from then. And I would love to live, visit uh, my local library and take out books. My mum couldn't take me often enough. Um, and it's just grown over the years as I've explored more genres and found the genres that I enjoy the most. What, so the first books that you ever got were Biff, Kipper and Chips? Yes. And what was it that really you enjoyed about those books? Uh, I think when I was younger, it was um, the what, like what they got up to. Um, <laughs> they always got in some sort of trouble. I think also the idea of the magic key appealed to me mm. a lot. I love that they had this small object that can take them wherever they wanted. Yeah, they have so many different adventures, don't they? It's so imagine, imaginative, that kind yeah. of world. And I think it also helped. My granddad, when he would read with me, he did all the funny voices, <laughs> uh, and that's always stuck. Yeah, we, I think when I'm trying to read in school, you, it's a fine line when you've got a class of teenagers as to making it interesting by giving voices, but not becoming a kind of caricature or a clown yourself, isn't it? Mm. It can be really embarrassing, and they're like, yeah. oh my God, miss, how embarrassing. But um, yeah, cringe. But like, obviously, your, fa- your grandfather was amazing at it. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so what kind of uh, genres do you normally tend to err towards? Uh, so when I was younger, I would stick towards magical uh, I loved a good fantasy book, especially one that involved uh, another land. Mm. Um, but since I was, since I started high school, I have always loved um, mystery books. So I remember, I think the first mystery books I ever uh, read was Enid Blyton's. Um, I don't know, actually, uh, Five and Dog. Uh, no, famous five, is that it? No, um, it was about um, five children and they had a dog. She's written quite a lot, hasn't she, about yeah. five children and yeah. a dog? Yeah, she has. Um, <laughs> Lucky number. I, I remember struggling to actually find these books because we always thought I was talking about um, uh, the Fantastic Five. But mm. um, So I loved reading those. And then I think as I got older, I read more mature books. Um, I discovered my love for Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Um, and then when visiting one of my favourite bookshops, I found these books um, called Murder Most Unladylike by Robin Stevens. 
uh, and I still read them to this day, and I've managed to accumulate the whole collection, actually. Oh, wow. Um, you've got to tell us, what is your favourite bookshop? I'm so <laughs> yes. Oh, my favourite bookshop is Waterstones in the heart uh, of Cardiff, uh, because you can go through, you can pick a bunch of books, and then you can go up to their secret little cafe, get a slice <laughs> yeah. of cake, read through the books, and then you can take homes which one you are enjoying the most so mm. i love going there so yeah much. i like that bookshop i always take a little walk in at the new you know at the front they've got that new section yeah. whenever i've got five minutes i'll just look and you always get like new. hit by the smell of books yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> books and coffee yeah <laughs> good coffee um they're always really helpful in there actually i always find that the staff are like really knowledgeable about the books that they're selling mm. like you can kind of ask them for anything and they've yeah, got like they, a yeah. they can give you a refreshing perspective especially on books that you may not have looked at before yeah, they, they yeah. can get you into new books yeah Definitely. um so tell us about this series then that you have become enamored of uh so uh murder most in the like is set in the 1920s and it's from the perspective of a young girl hazel who has recently moved from hong kong to uh england and she starts at a boarding school and while there she becomes charmed with Daisy and Daisy is like the golden girl of the school. Everyone wants to be here, mm. uh, wants to be her. But Daisy has her own secret. Even though she seems perfect with a golden curl, she wants to be a detective. But because of the standards of society at the time, mm. obviously she's told she can't. So she takes Hazel into a confidence and they have the secret detective society and they start solving at first small cases until one day one of their teachers dies. Mm. Oh, how tragic. Um, <laughs> we feel that. We feel yeah. that. <laughs> um, and from then on, one case leads to another, and there's always just something happening around Daisy or Hazel. Uh, and honestly, I became so charmed with the series, um, not only because it's murder mystery and I love a good mystery, but you get a real taste of what it was like being a young woman at the time in the 1920s and mm. the standards. Yeah. So... I, I just love that series. Like kind of a historical backdrop can yes. really, really like inform you, can't it, and make yeah. you really feel the characters. And I've actually learned quite a lot of interesting facts. Uh, oh, go on, hit us. Oh, oh can you gosh, think of I'm any? on the spot now. Um, <laughs> I learned what the Rosetta Stone was. Oh, t- tell, tell the readers. Any ideas? Uh, so the Rosetta Stone... Uh, I believe was it was like the first code breaking key so it was code and they found this I believe in a dig site and they would use it to crack codes that were hidden throughout history yeah I I think it can translate into three different codes one on each side Um, so yeah I learned about that one in um, ooh there's a book where they go to a museum and I remember that's where I learned about that book so if you were to go on the show mastermind would this series be your kind of best like you you kind of go in and they ask you loads of questions so you have to have a specialist subject do you think this would be your choice for specialist subject um yes i think i could tell you every single detail about every single book wow yeah i love it that much yeah i've collected them over the years i started collecting them in year seven actually and i only just finished my collection at christmas so do you reread these books then um 
not all the time. I have reread the first one because out of all the books, that is my favourite, seeing where the journey began mm. and how they solved their first case. And the twist at the end was absolutely amazing. Yeah. So I have read re- reread that one. Mm, yeah, you can't have a murder or any kind of mystery without a nice twist in there. Yes. Yeah, nice. Um, so are there any other kind of books or series that you would recommend? That one being your absolute top most favourite. Um, I would recommend the young Sherlock Holmes books. So, um... Particularly relevant, I think, like a young Sherlock Holmes book now to an audience of like Netflix watchers who yeah. are watching Enola Holmes and kind of enjoying the kind of mystery. Uh, well, because obviously when the old Sherlock Holmes stories were written, they were for the older population, whereas these are for, I feel like these would appeal to the younger generation more definitely yeah and they still kind of tax your brain don't they They still have like a real and there's sort of maybe references you'll get so you if you have read the uh original sherlock stories then there's some references you'll get in the young ones but for me actually i read the young Sherlock Holmes before i read the originals um, which definitely gave me a different perspective, I think. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Like a doorway into the world of Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Mm. Um, yeah, they're very interesting. I actually found the first one in our very own library. So, in, yeah. in school? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Mm. Did, you, did you find that um, the, the puzzles, like, do you ever solve them in the, in the books yeah, before um, that you get to it? I will admit I often solve the puzzles before <laughs> the people in the books do. I think that's another, that, that's a slight thing I think I like about that, because I'm like, yes, I was right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we feel super clever and yeah. smug about it. <laughs> do, you do, that, do you do that in, like, um, uh, programmes as well? Yeah, yeah. all, all okay. the time. <laughs> Too clever, Eleanor, that's what it is. <laughs> Um, where do you read? Like, is there a specific time or place? Um, I like reading um, mostly in my free time. Um, I find reading actually helps me when I'm very anxious mm. um, or, yeah, when I'm uh, feeling very anxious because it takes you somewhere else. It, I just completely forget. That. So, yeah, if I'm ever feeling maybe a bit worried about something, I'll just find a corner, read a book and boom, it's solved. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. really important. I don't think mm. enough people actually give it credit for that. That kind of like, it just calms you down. You, you're kind of focused on something else. Your mind isn't like kind of going 100 miles an hour and your blood pressure like kind of lowers. Like everything about it is very calming, isn't it? I ended up picking up a bad habit of reading while pushing myself around in my chair. <laughs> Like <laughs> well, into people, yeah. <laughs> you're like out of the way, coming through. <laughs> I just didn't want to put the book down. Yeah, mm. yeah. The, the it's just amazing the power a book has. Yeah, I always like that before, like in the mornings, we see you outside the classroom, and you've always got your book. Like I love hmm. that that you make that time in the morning. Yeah, yeah. any free time I get. Mm. And even sometimes not in free time when I should be doing something else. I'm still reading. Yeah. I can't help it. Sneaky reader. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know this. Uh, I once, uh, I remember uh, a parent's evening when I was in primary school and my primary teacher said, so we've noticed in maths, Eleanor is hiding a book when in a maths book and reading every single lesson. You're like one of those cartoon characters with like the, I, I the secret just, book. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I literally yeah. hid a book in my maths book and would read every oh, lesson. Oh, yeah. I think enough time has passed that you'd be forgiven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, amazing. Well, thank you very much, Eleanor, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. We'll have to have you back to talk about another favourite that you found. Ooh, I've got a few up my sleeve. Good. (laughs) (laughs) We can't wait. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Lit Lounge. Yes. Uh, So you just heard Eleanor talking about her um, very interesting novel, A Murder Most Unladylike. Um, I really love hearing students who just love reading. Yeah. Like, it's so nice listening to Eleanor talk because you can tell she's really fostered a love of reading over her life. Yeah, she lit up when she was talking yes. about the books that she liked, didn't she? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So I hope you all enjoyed that too. Um, today we have a very special guest. Lucy is with us for our episode. Hi, everyone. And <laughs> <laughs> um, we are going to carry on in the same vein as Eleanor talking about murder or mystery, crime. It's going to get a bit dark in here today. <laughs> uh, Rose, do you want to tell us about your book first? Yes, okay. Um, yeah, mine is pretty uh, dark, quite bleak um, writing style. Um, so I'm going to talk about uh, The Girl on the Train um, by Paula Hawkins, um, which is a book I, I listened to by audiobook um, quite some time ago now. It was kind of a... It came a little bit after, like, the Gone Girl, um, mm. kind of, like, a lot of sort of mystery books were really, really big. And it's also... It falls into that, like, category of books that have the the kind of... Um, the subject pre- prepositioned into a, a place. Mm. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they've yeah. kind of made fun of it on Netflix, haven't yeah. they? The girl sitting with the man yeah, the with window. the friend of the yeah. dog. Who, <laughs> yeah, so it's um, it's kind of like, it was the, it was bought before that kind of became a cliche, I think. Mm. Um, so it's all about, um, predominantly, particularly at the beginning of the book, uh, it is voiced by a character called uh, Rachel. And she is kind of uh, the epitome of an unreliable narrator because she is a very unhappy woman. Um, she has recently gone through a, a very difficult divorce, which she didn't want to happen. Um, she is a an alcoholic. Um, she is. She's lost her job. Um, she's lost her home, and she um, is basically enforcing herself to do her kind of normal day to day back and forth commute on her train um, every single day to just give herself something to do because her life is so empty. Um, so it starts off quite quite a morose and quite kind of uh, grim. Uh, view of life um, and and relationships and while she is uh, sort of fantasizing about the lives of the people who are in these beautiful houses that she passes by um, every day um, she ends up witnessing uh, something that kind of throws a spanner in the works of this of this fantasy lifestyle that she's imagined for this couple um, and, and what the book really did very well and what I loved about it was um, the kind of, not only the very clever weaving of different people's stories because it's got multiple narrators mm. um, and that kind of ambiguity of like, who do we trust, who do we not? Um, but also the fact that it really delves deep into the idea that you can never know a relationship 
um, unless you are in it. Like you <laughs> just wow. stop with that. <laughs> All right. You never know. You'll never know anyone. Don't trust anybody. <laughs> no, I mean from an outsider's perspective, you yeah. can imagine and like in a world of Instagram and everything, which you know, now we live in like all the time. Uh, you just haven't got a clue how people's relationships actually play out behind closed doors and how they're actually feeling. Like people very easily present like this kind of happy couple, like or I'm in I'm in a relationship and therefore I must be feeling whole and happy um, and healthy within that. And I think what the book does really well and what I remember really well about it was um, that everybody is kind of full of secrets or full of. Um, full of little unhappinesses or is looking for something to complete them somewhere else mm. that they're not getting. Um, yeah, and it kind of has all these holes in the narrative as well, which as a reader, you don't know kind of, you don't know whether you actually trust a lot of the characters, like whether they've done something very nefarious and, and sinister. Um, and it kind of, Rachel ends up kind of getting involved in a missing persons case, Um and kind of almost, yeah, becoming a sus- suspect, um, f- like for the police, for the reader, and eventually kind of for herself. She doesn't remember what she's done. And there's these big black holes in her, like, it, like amnesia in her um, drinking that she um, she can't feel. Uh, which is quite scary. It's quite a roller coaster ride of like, oh my gosh, that kind of horrible feeling of waking up in the morning and wondering, oh my gosh, where like where did these bruises come from, or what have I done, or who have I hurt, or and little flashes of memory that she can't piece together. Um, so it was a real, a real, um, a real thriller, and um, it was it was very sinister in places. Um, yeah, and it kept me it kept me going. I couldn't stop listening. I wanted to really find out like what what happened to one of the main characters and um yeah, and who had who had been the kind of uh the criminal of the piece. So yeah, um I really I really loved it. And um I think they've made a film of it now, which yeah, I haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, they've done some of the film. I think it and it's quite a it's quite if you like a quite graphic ending as well. It does end up being quite like a violent um uh what's the word I'm looking for finale um so yeah if you like a bit of graphic kind of violence you like the idea of of not really knowing whether your character is one to trust or not um and also female protagonists there are three that it revolves around um which again they're very different women all yeah completely like almost like spectrums of women um with their lives and their personalities um, and I found that really immersive as well. Like I wanted to know more about the ones who hadn't spoken yet. And then when I was with them, I was like, oh, I wonder what's happening with that. The yeah. other one, you know, you're kind of left like a little triangle of like mm. mystery. So yeah, it was it was a really good read. And if uh, if you like mystery and you like a bit of uh, almost horror towards the end, then that's that's a really good book to recommend. I think it is horror, really, isn't it? Because it's it's the worst kind of horror. It's real life horror. Yeah, I I love that the I love that it's, it's such a good plot device to make her an alcoholic. Yeah, because you black out when she blacks out, and you wake up where she wakes up. Yeah, um, which is really interesting. Wondering the same things that she is like. Yeah. Oh gosh, is she and is then, she an awful person? And or? then she tells you those little flashbacks, doesn't she? That gets sort of bigger and bigger as yeah. she goes along. Like the first little flashback is so minute that it just leaves you like on the edge of your seat wanting more i read it when i used to work in cardiff 
And so I used to get the train every day. And the train goes <laughs> the irony. Past, oh, no. Yeah, the train goes past this, um, like, street. It's like this big, long row of houses. And I used to just, like... This sounds really weird now, but I used to just peek and be like, ooh, I wonder what's happening, like, <laughs> reading this book. Like, I got so immersed in it that I was like, so, someone's getting, like... Did you witness any any I did not. horrendous? No, no, I saw some dogs in the window, which was kind of cute. <laughs> but, like, some trampolines in people's gardens. <laughs> some nothing, washing, drying. Nothing quite as exciting as what happens in The Girl on the Train. I always seem to end up um, accidentally seeing naked people in windows <laughs> oh, whenever I walk. Very unfortunate experience. <laughs> I know. It's happened even in school, like near the outside of my window where <laughs> my desk, there's a house and there's a bedroom and a woman has walked past <gasps> there with just like a bra on and <laughs> I, I, I don't know why it just seems like naked people seem to just appear in windows for me yeah um so yeah I haven't ever seen a crime happen thank goodness but yeah I don't really want to see a crime but it is it is interesting isn't it like especially like that idea of her being on the train again it's like that alcohol um induced sort of snapshot because yeah. on the train you're there for a second you see a glimpse you don't know whether it's what you think yeah. it is yeah you doubt yourself yeah you? which is what she does so much in the book i think what what hawkins has managed to do as the author as well is like take what's so brilliant about rear window mm-hmm. um like that kind of classic film like that kind of idea that you have a glimpse into other people's lives you can peek in mm-hmm. but you you don't really understand the context and you don't and you, you can't help them yeah, them. yeah jump to the fill in the gaps yeah. yeah but that's yeah, really what you're doing as a reader because yeah. you don't know her and because she's blanking out yeah. you're filling in the gaps for her story yeah. and then yeah, doubting right. her yeah. narrative mm. I just love the way it unravels it just so slowly it's clever and then finally it's really quick at the end mm. like all of a sudden it's like this overload of oh my god like, <laughs> revelations yeah total revelations it's great great book yeah it's really really good I really good enjoyed choice. it Mm. So that was that was my pick for our mystery. Um, mm. Mystery, good. much darker, I think, than Eleanor's. Mm. Well, if you don't mind, I'll go next. Yeah, then. go I'm for it. Take it an even bit darker again. <laughs> surprise, surprise, <laughs> Laura, Queen of Darkness. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about a book that I read um, as a teenager. Probably shouldn't have read it as a teenager um, because it is a very adult book. But this was at a time, you know, you get to, like, now we've got this great YA sort of genre, haven't we, where that bridges that gap between reading children's books and adults. Yeah. But when I was young, I really found it hard to find those. So I just went straight into, like, dark adult books. Um, and I read a book <laughs> called... Um, Formed you as, as an adult. <laughs> who I am today. <laughs> um, so I read a book called Ruth Ellis, My Sister's Secret Life, um, which was also probably one of the first non-fiction books I read about a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ruth Ellis was the first woman, or the last woman, sorry, to be hanged in Britain um, in the 1950s. Um, and she was convicted of shooting her lover um with uh, with like a little tiny gun in the street and he was quite famous he was a racing car driver he was like an up-and-coming racing car driver and the story has been it's like a real like the girl on the train it's like a really exciting even though it's real life that's really sad it's a really exciting sort of tale of passion and, Mm. and revenge and anger and stuff but um and it's been really glamorized, like it's been made into a film, it's been talked about a lot. There's loads of documentaries, I'm sure there's loads of true fine podcasts about it. Yeah. Um, 
And like the thing that I thought was really interesting is you kind of forget when you read these stories and watch these films that there's a family involved in that yeah. and a family that have suffered. And I know that she was convicted as the killer, but her family aren't involved in that. And no. her family suffered as a result. So her sister, um, I think, I can't remember, she wrote the book. Oh, it says, um, I've got it up. It says she wrote it in 2005. So she wrote it years and years after as mm. like an elderly sort of, as an older woman, um, which just shows that impact that it's had on her life, that she still thinks about her sister and, and the, the horrible end that she came to all those years later. Mm. Um, and the book, like, I don't know if I would say I fully believe her sister's story. Her sister sort of talks about different ideas of who killed this man, David. Um, she doesn't believe it was her sister, Ruth. And she goes into ideas of why she doesn't think it was her sister. But she also talks about Ruth's life and how she grew up in sort of 1930s and 40s Britain as a woman and it, it sort of gives us context into how difficult her life was um like she suffered as a child and then um as an adult she sort of she didn't have she didn't feel any connection with um her family and with her parents and so as an adult then she sort of searched out different ways to connect with people and ended up in the wrong sort of relationships mm. um ultimately ending up with David Blakely, who she ends up shooting. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll post a picture of the book on Instagram because she is like the, she's your typical blonde bombshell. She's got the mm. Marilyn Monroe curls. Mm. She was a nightclub owner. So it was just so easy for the news and the media to really demonise her. Yeah. And again, I know that she was, it's really hard. Like I know that she was convicted of murder, so I can't, feel masses of sympathy but like there's just so much wrapped up in that story about the pain that she felt and then um what she went through as a person to that led to this sort of event um am i right in thinking that it, there's speculation and doubt as to whether it was self-defense or something like that or what what was the kind of what's the doubt around um so there's there's lots of stuff. So she was involved. She was the man that she was seeing was a, a race car driver. But then she was also involved with a man who worked for the government. Mm. And there's sort of an element of maybe he was involved with that and pressured uh, her into. Yeah. Um, there's also lots of things about the fact that she was this tiny little sort of woman. She like apparently she had arthritis and things. So there's lots of doubt over to whether she actually was capable of doing that. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know whether she did it or not. Like, she was convicted, so who knows? Um, but yeah, the, I think the the thing that I love and the thing that the reason the story stayed with me is just that her sister's love for her yeah. and the fact that her sister dedicated so much time as an adult to, um, to writing this story and trying to uncover that truth about what actually happened to her. Mm. Um so it it is it's a bit of a mystery, I suppose, to her sister, and I suppose her sister probably died never knowing that truth or never believing the truth. Mm, it's tragic, isn't it? Like those kind of uh, never ending mysteries that there will there never will be an answer, will there mm. now? Like so it's kind of yeah, the tragedy in a in a mystery unsolved, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And like the just the ripple effect of what happened. Mm. Like she had a son and then his son ended up um, dying as well like he he couldn't cope with his life and like obviously a sister then had to go through th that whole future 
wondering that. And obviously then the victim as well, his whole family would have suffered as a result. Um, yeah, it's just a really sort of tragic tale. And and Ruth's story is she was that last woman to be hanged. So after that, they they stopped it. Yeah. Um, so the what if question. Yeah. Yeah. Was if she wasn't. Yeah. The last one to be hanged was it was before. It moved, yeah. 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 And and the idea that they changed that after she died, like this. Yeah. Some, that she's always going to be remembered as that woman. That one woman. Yeah. Even though she's so much more than that woman, she's got other sort of you know she's got her family and she's got her children and everything she's remembered as the last woman to be hanged sad sad for him as well i know (laughs) sad for him as well yeah (laughs) um better than not being remembered at all i don't know i don't know would you rather be remembered as the last question Um, What about you, Lucy? What's your pick? So mine's not as dark as yours. Um, (laughs) Bring us some light. Be our ray of sunshine. There is darkness in it. Okay. Um, So mine is The Talented Mr. Ripley by Patricia Highsmith, which is a psychological thriller. Mm. And I can't really tell you much about what it's about because I don't want to give any spoilers away, but... Tom Ripley, who's the main character and who um, we hear from it's like the novel from his perspective. He's a con man and a fraudster and just mm-hmm. everything evil and bad mm-hmm. is Tom Ripley. And it's the first out of the trilogy. And I just love it because it was the first novel, crime novel, that I read that makes me feel sorry for the criminal. Oh, it's a bit of a connection with both of yeah. our stories there. Um, <laughs> because you hear his side of the story and you see, like, the workings out of how he's going to do the crime. Mm. And you almost kind of, like, urge him on mm. and, like, urge him and be like, don't get caught, don't get caught. Even though what he's done is horrid. Mm. Um, there is a film about it I um, love the film yeah it's a really the film good film is fantastic see I prefer the book because of I course. saw that first yeah I read the book first but I, it I is think, amazing yeah. great definitely actors, yeah great actors mm. so but I definitely recommend reading the book before watching the film yes mm. yeah because I've only seen the film I haven't read the book and it was yeah. shock like, there's such a there's mm. a really big moment in it isn't there where yeah. it's just big like twist. jaw drop which is filmed eyes perfectly. open yeah it is such, I bet I bet it must be really intense in the book it's so intense because it's it's one of those things that like you can turn the next page yeah. like, or shut the book shut the book what? and go what happened <laughs> um, yeah no it's it's absolutely amazing and I did it at uni, I studied it for uni, and it was really fun to hear the debates about the oh, motive Oh, you studied it at uni. What yeah, was, so I did a crime from? fiction module. Oh, so I compared cool. this to Agatha Christie cool. and her work, um, which they're, they're extremely different, but there are some similarities in like the way the crimes take place. Yeah. Um, but I much prefer What other Patricia books did Heisman. you have to read for that? Oh, that's going back. Um, <laughs> I just think that's a really interesting topic. Did Highsmith, I did Agatha Christie, and I did... Must have been so much of Agatha Christie that you could look at as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. Like, I've just I've just watched The Mousetrap recently, and that, like, is just... It's riveting, isn't it, as a play. Mm. She's so clever with her kind of 
her twists and her yeah the characters that you absolutely Mm. believe in and 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 you're questioning all the time and even then when you're scrutinizing the characters you're not sure if you're just going down rabbit holes (laughs) I love the fact that it's so it's still going it's the longest running play isn't it and that's because Mm, yeah because she wrote it in such a way that you could anyone could be the killer yeah yeah yeah. like I suppose that's the difference with Highsmith is that you know you know exactly who you know who he is like from the get-go and why he well like his sort of con man ways yeah the what other stuff I did in my uni was we started kind of from the beginning of crime we did Sherlock Um, and then we went over to some American fiction, uh, crime fiction, which is extremely dark. Did it, was it Tr- Truman Capote? Did you look at... No, we didn't do no. him. I can't remember the author, but it was extremely, like, Harlem, mm. like, gangs. Okay. I remember there was a nun being, like, dressed up as a nun as a disguise. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. that's something you do. <laughs> um, so then we went back onto Ripley and Agatha Christie, so we kind of did, like, a... Have you um, have you read the the other books in the thing, or have you just read? Um, so I've read Ripley's Game, which mm. I think is the second one. Um, mm. So it's kind of the same thing. Um, he moves to a different city again, doesn't fraud always, um, <laughs> and then seems to be getting caught. So then, like the thing, I'm, the thing I really like about the film as well is like the scenery because is it it's, yeah it's Italy. Italy so yeah. is that very similar in the book is there like big descriptions big of, descriptions yeah. of the place and it's, it's amazing because you can you see yourself there and you mm. can see Tom going to these different places mm. um and the, the, the descriptions of the other characters are amazing the the film got it spot on with the mm. characters and who they got to play them so it is a good it's just the film misses a couple things out yeah yeah um, as always, like always but yeah yeah, it yeah, is the wonderful. film's super long as well, I think. So it must, yeah. like, the book must be so detailed. <laughs> it's really detailed, but it's one of those ones where you just read it so quickly because you want to get into it. So yeah. it doesn't feel as long mm. of a book. Yeah, I think you sold me on that. I think I need to go and, uh, after enjoying the film, I need to go and enjoy the Definitely. book. Mm, I think I've had it on my TBR for a little while. It does sound really good. Mm, it's been a very dark yeah. <laughs> Mysterious and dark. Thanks to Eleanor, I think. Yeah. <laughs> inspiration. Girl after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we go, I am going to um, just recommend uh, an app that if you are a big reader and you are um, maybe a bit sick and tired of uh, Goodreads, um, you can take your Goodreads and... Uh, upload it into an app called Storygraph um, because Amazon is slightly evil and we don't want to fund them because they're a massive conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're dead, if we're dead by the end of the week, you know Bezos. why. Bezos has got us. Yeah. Uh, hashtag evil Bezos. So if you want to uh, have a little look, have a play around with an app called uh, Storygraph, um, it's a uh, really, really fun like little look. It gives you stats about your reading habits uh, in pie chart form and bar chart form. Ooh. So you can kind of figure out what kind of reader you are, who your favourite 
authors are, um, what kind of genres you tend to go for. And it allows you to put in uh, your already read, your reading at the moment and how far you've got uh, by percentage. If you put the page in, it tells you you're Mm, 62% through. Um, And it also allows you to do like a buddy option as well, which uh, me and my brother have uh, currently decided that we're going to do where we're going to read a nonfiction together. And as side by side, we're reading from different towns, you can leave little comments to uh, tell them, oh my gosh, this bit, can you believe it? Um, (laughs) Which, yeah, which they can't actually, well, they won't access because you say when, what page it is and like it doesn't Mm -hmm. allow you until you get that percentage through the book to have a look at it. So yeah, it's it's really great. I'm really enjoying it. So if you fancy having a look at that, it's free to download. So a little little heads up. Yeah, cool. there we go then. That's us. <laughs> Thank Hope you very you much for enjoying and listening <laughs> and joining us. Please let us know uh, what you would like to hear more of. Uh, you can contact us on all of our social media platforms. Um, we are happy to listen and happy to oblige, given uh, reasonable suggestions. Yeah, give us your dark reads. Yeah, so, what's your favourite dark read? Yeah, we really like to know. And thank In you this very Christmas much. Period. <laughs> yeah, and, and thank you very much to Eleanor for uh, joining us and Lucy as well today thank you all right thanks guys bye listening to the lit lounge the podcast for readers and book lovers thanks for joining us remember to join in the conversation by following us on social media using the handles linked in our description you can also leave a voice note to be featured in future episodes through the voice response feature on anchor we'll catch you next time but for now keep reading Music used in this episode and for all of our episodes is created by Ixon. You can download this and other fantastic tracks on SoundCloud. Links are in the description. Mm-hmm.